You are listening to the weekly Great Governance Podcast hosted by Dr. Harlan. So why do we do what we do? We are on a mission to find and voice the hidden stories of excellence in local government so that others are motivated to lead and transform communities. We share information and profile local government practitioners and active citizens who are ethically leading change and innovation in communities and showcase this on our various digital media platforms. Good day, my name is Harlan Kluter and today I'm so privileged to speak to the CEO of the local government, CETA. His name is Mr. Eneleng Moleti. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, uh, Dr. Klute. Uh, I'm very privileged. Thank you very much for the invitation. We do appreciate it. Wonderful. We're looking forward to having a, a, a robust discussion on human resource development and investment of people. I know uh, municipalities, uh, millions are invested into uh, training and development of people. But let's start right at the beginning, CEO. You are the CEO of the local government, CETA. What exactly is the mandate of the local government, CETA? Why do you exist? Thank you very much. And once more, good afternoon um, to your listeners and good afternoon to all your stakeholders in the community radio space. The mandate of local government, CETA, simply put, is one to facilitate skills development in the local government um, uh, sector. You would know that LGCTA is one of the 21 sectoral training education training authority that is mandated to look at regulation of um, learning in the workplace and to make sure that there's appropriate recognition of that training um, in terms of recognition of prior learning and also making workplace an active learning environment. LG CETA, as you'd know, we've got about 257 municipalities in South Africa, of which 44 are districts and eight are metropolitan municipalities. Now, our mandate as a local government seat. We do have what we call a strategic thrust, which has got about five key pillars. Pillar one is enhancing good governance, uh, leadership, and enhancing management capabilities in those municipalities. Two is to promote sound financial management and financial viability of municipalities. Three, is to enhance infrastructure and service delivery. You know that there is what we call nine key municipal service areas that form a cornerstone of service delivery in the local government sector, which I will expand on later. Four is to enhance municipal planning. As and when I'm driving here, I'm looking at that there was a rainfall that happened, but how do we plan human settlement around various land areas? It's very critical that we do have requisite skills to be able to zone and ensure that uh, the land that are identified for business, the land that are identified for human settlement, the land that are maybe identified also for any other economic opportunities should be done so within the, the, the correct and requisite skill set in the municipality. And lastly, is to promote spatial transformation and uh, 
uh, and inclusion. Mm. So with those five strategic thrusts, we are also mandated by Chapter 7 of the Constitution, which talks about local government to look at how we form an accountable local government or government or governance. Mm. And we have to make sure that there's provision of services in communities in a sustainable manner. We have to promote social and economic and local economic uh, development. Most importantly, we have to promote safe and healthy environment in municipalities and lastly to encourage the involvement of communities and community organizations like what you are doing now in the matters of local government. So the LGC sees itself as a panacea to make sure that communities are empowered to make sure that they can hold the public representatives, they can hold the, the officials in municipalities accountable to make sure that the constitutional imperatives that are in Chapter 7 are achieved. And most importantly, as LG CETA, we are duty-bound to make sure that those five key strategic thrusts are met, which is something that we do each and every year in our annual general meeting where we break down how we use resources towards uh, responding to those five key areas. Thanks for sharing that. You're in the Western Cape now doing an oversight visit and also here to engage stakeholders. Why is it that you do that? You know you could have just picked up a phone. Why do you see the need to come out here to engage with stakeholders? No, thank you very much for that question. In fact, it is not that because we want to. Last year, we hosted Parliament of the Republic of South Africa in our annual general meeting. Mm. And the chairperson of the Portfolio Committee on Higher Education and Training uh, implored on the board to say, board members, board chair and board members, we don't want when we come and visit LGCTA projects, then you get surprised with us as parliament on whether the training is happening, on the conditions of learners, on the conditions that learners are getting training. So you are duty bound in terms of the Public Finance Management Act to request management to avail financial records, to avail performance uh, information or performance records of projects that are happening on the ground. And it was around that, that annual general meeting that the board in December of 2022 20, resolved that we are going to have what we call board oversight visit, which we'll call them Izimbizo, where the board must not only receive reports from management, the board can directly interact with stakeholders, with learners. You'd know that like tomorrow on the 4th, we'll be having all stakeholders. I know that we are going to meet with provincial treasuries, we're going to meet with provincial departments, we're going to meet with municipalities, we're going to meet with mayors, we're going to meet with all political and public representatives that are accustomed in local government to be able to say that are we happy or we are not happy and how do we see LGCTA being a partner in reviving local economic development and how do we see LGCTA also as a partner in ensuring that we create hope 
to the hopeless in our various um, communities. So it was again that background that you'll see. The CEO's role is just to present. The program is initiated by the board and is driven by the board. Mine, because I happen to be a board member and executive director of LGC, hence you'll see me in the program. But other than that, the board wants to make sure that when they account at National Skills Authority, and in parliament and with our executive authority that they can attest and say that, look, this is how we are implementing projects. And most importantly, the input that they get, because they get inputs on policy direction a lot from management. So it works in the in the favor of the stakeholders that they come and raise issues mm -hmm. of funding. They come and raise issues of access directly with the board so that the board can just uh, instruct us to make um, uh, changes to the mechanisms that assist us in running the organization. I'm going to touch on the issue of funding that you just referred to now. Uh, we know investment in people and funding and is, is, is normally expensive uh, investment. Uh, and I don't like to call it uh, spent, but an investment. Where is it that the CETA actually gets the money and the funding from to invest in the development of people in municipalities? No, thank you very much. I think, number one, the Skills Development Levies Act dictates that uh, all municipalities must pay 1% of their total payroll to the LGC. It, we get it through South African Revenue Service each and every month. So how that works is that once we receive that money, we have to make sure that we appropriate it to relevance. You'd know that there's two types of grants. There's what we call discretionary grants, which would be about 49.5%. And then you'd have what we call uh, mandatory grants, which will be 20% of that 1%. And then we do have the 20% that we contribute to the National Skills Fund. And then from there, we pay about 0.5% of the 1% to um, uh, quality council on trade occupations. And then we only get 10.5 for administration to have a CEO, to have a board, for me to be able to fly and drive and have this conversation with you. So that is how CITAS are funded. But SLG CITA, we are not only rigid in looking at how we look at our revenue. We encourage other ways of increasing our revenues. For instance, one, we invest the surpluses that we have directly with banks wherein this incremental interest that we get can be appropriately used to assist mm. with uh, projects that are related. I'll make a simple example. I think our board this year already has already contributed to two disasters, one in KZN and one in um, Northwest, whereby there was a cholera outbreak. And most importantly, we do partnerships. Partnerships with any other stakeholders, as defined in Section 7 and Section 8 of the grant regulation. It can be TVETs, it can be universities, it can be public institutions. Now, lately, we've been going abroad to try to mobilize funding 
to um, uh, from foreign donors so that they can partner with us mm-hmm. in looking and alleviating poverty and uh, trying to reduce unemployment rates that are high, but most importantly, to increase the employability and also the opportunities of the destitute in the various uh, communities. Talking about poverty, you know, the World Bank confirmed that South Africa is the most unequal country in the world. You know, poverty, unemployment, inequality, these are the demons in our society that's running around freely. So your investment in development, you know, how do you make an impact in terms of arresting these demons, poverty, inequality and unemployment, which seems to be so stubborn. They're not, mm. looks like we're not even making a dent in this in this thing. Look, I think, uh, like you are saying, in our little corner is LGC. What you are trying to do, number one, is we do have internship programs wherein we take youth who have uh, qualifications, we link them with municipalities where they come from because we don't want to take somebody from PAL and say, go and do an internship in Cape Town because already we know that we are stretching that particular intent. So what we are trying to do is to make sure that with this this literally localization and linkage with the relevant skills that are sitting there. We've got partnerships with the city of Cape Town, wherein we take, we've got a database of unemployed uh, people. I don't want to say uh, youth, but unemployed people, because it's a reality that even people above 35 do lose their jobs mm. and because of the shrinking economy. So what we do, we partner in learnerships, we partner in adult education and training, we partner in refresher, retraining, particularly when it comes to, to to trades, you would know that uh, now a plumber who was uh, 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 trained on an electric geyser would not be aware of installation of a hot water, hot water geyser. So what we do, because that person is a plumber, we take them through short courses, we take them through recognition of prior learning to make sure that they can also have a added skills that they can compete on when you talk green um, economy and so forth. But we know that it is not it, it, it is not sufficient. I know for a fact that when I got at LGSTA in 2021, our bursaries uh, for, 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 for learner, unemployed learners was only covering tuition and books. And I said, it can happen in this lifetime that we don't give added uh, learning materials, we don't give data, we don't give students to learn from residents, but most importantly, to give them a way in it permits that we give them meals also at universities, because we know what it is, some of us, to sleep on an empty stomach when you've got an exam Mm. tomorrow. We go beyond that also to try to encourage uh, our buzzers also from various uh, impoverished communities that we try to link them with municipalities during holidays, that they can at least not wait for them to finish, but to link them with municipalities and make sure that they don't just stay at home, but they can also, with municipalities, get uh, food and they can also be engaged so that they don't are not open to um, uh, community and social ills that are out there. If you break it down again to the Western Cape, your investment, you've now said what you've done in municipalities and if we break it down, what has been the monetary investment in the Western Cape in terms of learning and development? 
Look, in, in Western Cape, for bazaaris only, we have uh, spent 11 million. For learnerships, we have spent about 16 million. For skills programs or short courses, we spent about 1.382 million. And then for work integrated learning, that would be learners who need practical experience for them to complete their learning interventions. We spent over 12 million. And then internships that I've been uh, talking about, it's a cause for, for concern. We've spent about 250,000. And then apprenticeships, we have spent about 4 million. And then for adult education and training, we have spent about 2 million. So the total investment uh, at this particular, just by the way, I'm not talking uh, previous years, I'm talking current projects. We spent about 32 mm. million in Western Cape. And our focus is on those rural municipalities and districts wherein we know that there would be value in us uh, turning the tide around poverty and unemployment. I like what you said about the focus on the rural because a lot of the times our attention is on the metros, you know, uh, in the in the cities. So would it be correct to say that you almost have a, a, a rural bias when it when it's come to allocations? That is correct. We know we've got, you'd know that the CETAs, the CETA ports are driven by communities. They are driven by government, which would be in our case, it's, it would be a, a, a department of cooperative governance and traditional affairs. Now we call it, it's, it's also with the new uh, amendments, it also take note of Kwesan. Mm. also uh, legitimately so so the, we've got a very activist board with trade unions who are making my job easy to be biased towards uh, the rural uh, municipalities remember what we are trying to do Dr. Tlute is to make sure that we turn the tide around we want to capacitate municipalities to make sure that they give services as insurance in Chapter 7 of the Constitution. We can only do that by capacitating and having requisite skills and knowledge mm -hmm. uh, in terms of staff to make sure that they realize that. And uh, for me, that's, that's what our mandate is about. What have been some of the standout projects, you know, some of the projects that, that, that you've been most proud of? I know the CETA's payoff line or vision is to make a greater impact. What have been some of the standard projects that you are most proud of? We've got many projects. I will start with Pazaris. I mean, we've got partnerships with the uh, University of Cape Town. We've got partnerships with the University of uh, Western Cape. We've got partnerships with Cape Peninsula University. And we do have apprenticeships with uh, Falls Bay uh, College. And uh, in those apprenticeships, we our focus is on plumbing, our focus is on electricians, our focus is on instrument mechanician. Because I'm sitting in a studio with you now, everything here is electrified. And who repairs, who maintains 
all of these technologies. We are sitting here, if we need a pollution facilities, we need plumbers to make sure that the hygiene is maintained and that the unneeded water goes to where it's supposed to be and it can be tre- properly treated as grey water. So for me, there's too many projects that we are doing that we are doing right and I must say that Western Cape office by the way is one of the three uh, performing highest performing provinces in LGCTA in terms of high impact projects because I've said I'm no longer interested in us only achieving uh, putting learners in class I'm more wanting to see the throughput do we get 100% completions? And after those completions, what do we do with interns? How many are they getting absorbed in municipalities? How many are they getting absorbed in Tibet colleges? How many are starting their own businesses? How many? So for me, those are the key pillars mm. that we can judge ourselves if we are doing good. I know that uh, uh, the staff used to moan that, but that's not our mandate. But remember, we can't want to do everything by the book. We need to put some humanity in how we do mm. our work with the term Ubuntu and understand that we are not just doing this for compliance or for us to be paid at the end of the month, but we are doing this to create hope. We are doing this also that tomorrow the same students can advocate for LGC. And that's why on the second day of the board oversight, we get learners uh, or some form of alumni of LGCTA who come and make testimony about the impact that LGCTA has done. Thank you much for sharing that. I hope this is not the last time that we'll come back again to come and share these wonderful opportunities with our people because that is the that is the one thing that will open up opportunities. Thank you so much and God bless your work. To the amazing and talented Great Governance Team, The Voice, Mpumilani, and producer Al Ontong, respect and love. Keep the faith and let's work to make South Africa great right where we are if you loved what you heard subscribe to our great governance podcast that is available free on spotify apple podcasts and google podcasts and of course also on our hrd governance facebook page and don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about us listen to learn